Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Listeners, welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 163 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I'm joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Surovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wicken. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. As you can hear, I am pretty sick, so I apologize in advance for the raspy, stuffy sound of my voice. Um, but you know, I mean, the Mets are making us all ill. Let's be real. Well, and I was going to say also, like, it's not even the Mets that's making you sick, but it sort of was. Yeah, it literally (laughs) was the Mets because I, I am choosing to blame my cold on the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals because I was present at that debacle disaster game um on saturday night that they started in the rain for two innings and then it rained too heavily and they covered the field and then there was a four hour rain delay and then they took the tarp off the field it was not raining anymore um they worked on the field for like another hour made us all think that they were starting the game again and then they did not start the game again Um, And so we were stuck at that ballpark for four hours and I was rained on and I sat in my soaking wet clothes at the ballpark for four hours. And now I have a terrible cold. Um, So that's like pretty much the mood. (laughs) It's never a good sign when um, Gary Cohen describes your day as shameful. Yes, (laughs) so true. Um, 
that I mean, that whole thing was what wasn't shameful is the right word for it. it was handled shamefully by the Nationals, by Major League Baseball. Um, and the Mets all around are just shameful right now. Um, they the they started off this week by losing two out of three to the Reds. Um, and the only game they won was a, a game where Justin Verlander looked like himself. Uh, so we thought that that was kind of the. Um, the saving grace for the New York Mets that Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander were coming back to the rotation. And then um, Justin Verlander pitched tonight and pitched badly. And I mean, the Mets just lost a bunch of games against really bad teams. Well, how did they think it was going to go against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are the best team in baseball right now? Um, uh, I mean, the Mets are just a bad baseball team. They're like, who can they be? We, I mean, I just feel like we're rehashing everything from last week. They can't beat the good teams. They can't beat the bad teams. They're just fundamentally flawed. And this is it. They can't hit and they can't pitch. Except right. David Robertson can pitch. David <laughs> Robertson but can But only pitch. one inning at a time. And it turns out there are nine. <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> um and i mean like they have less so the pitching than the hitting but they have like intermittently looked okay on either the hitting side or the pitching side at times but they've never put it really together at the same time is the problem like you know justin verlander pitched that good game but they won they won two to one um and you know the only game that they've put it really all together in the past week plus at least like 10 days was game two on sunday when max scherzer looked pretty good in his return from neck spasms he only went five innings but he looked all right and the mets you know finally realized that they're supposed to be a team that can hit um, and did so and put up, you know, a big inning against a not good, very good pitcher. And that was that was good. And I was starting to feel like, OK, like, yes, that they they've been playing poorly. Yes, the s- subsequent game on Monday did not go well, but that's because that David expecting. Peterson started the game. And whenever they start David Peterson, they are essentially forfeiting. But one was kind of hoping that they were potentially maybe turning a corner because that was hopefully maybe the last time we would see David Peterson for quite some time because of the returns of Verlander Scherzer and soon Carlos Carrasco as well. And so we thought maybe, you know, but now they're they're out of the easy part of the schedule that they didn't take advantage of. And they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays, who are 10 times the team that they are. So and it's not pretty when with Verlander not looking good, not looking good. I mean, you know, he faced the Cincinnati Reds last time who are not very good. And this time he faced an offense that's good and didn't look good. So, um, yeah, it's mean, at the point, too, where like it's the quarter mark of the season uh-huh. and you would start to have rumblings about, OK, what's going to be in the trade market? And like but then you look at the Mets and you're, there's just where would you even begin? I don't know, like the. I don't know. They 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 might be able to get some starting pitching help, but it's going to cost. Um, but also, at this point, are you buyers or are you sellers? Is it worth it? Yeah, to buy. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're going to sell. Um, except for maybe on the margin, like they're like they're not going to trade any important players. They trade like Eduardo Escobar, but what's his? He has no trade value right now. Would you consider trading Verlander? I don't know. Um, 
I mean, I he doesn't really so, have right? trade value right now either because he didn't pitch for a month. Sure. Um, I mean, I guess he does, but it's not the trade value it would be. But then the Mets wouldn't be in the position that they are if he was pitching well and had been pitching for the first month of the season, probably. So it's it's a really bad situation that they're in now and they can't really there's not really a way out except start except playing better, which it's unclear that they're capable of that at this point. Um, you know, I mean, the big thing right now is, you know, everybody's clamoring for Vientos and Mauricio, but are, I don't know if they're the answer either. I mean, Vientos looked completely overmatched last year. Granted, you know, it was the end of the year, September call up. But still, I, I don't know if they're the answers either. Where do they play? I do mean, they v- play every day? No, uh, I mean, Vientos... <laughs> That's the thing about Vientos. It's like, yes, you can call him up and you can like find a spot for him on the roster by like DFAing Eduardo Escobar or something. But then you're calling up Vientos to what? Be the DH, like be the platoon DH to Vogelback and play like twice a week. Like, is that really worth it or even helpful? Even if he is good? Like what? It would be helpful if he could play the outfield, but he can't. No, well, these are so, all marginal moves, and they're not in a pos- They don't. They don't need marginal moves. They need major moves. They need like an enormous change to happen. This is not last year's Mets, where like, all right, they were really good. They just need a little bit extra, which they didn't get. Um, but it's it, there's marginal is just a waste of time for a team like this. Yeah, well, exactly. That- this is what pisses me off. Like you go for it when you have the chance and they didn't do that because you never know what the future holds. Like this Every, is basically the same exact team. And now they're awful. Because... Everything that went right last year is going wrong right now. Yep. Yes. yes. Like all the, the, you know, not exactly, not exactly bench guys, but your, your role players like, Mark Hanna and um, and Escobar, who, you know, I mean, he didn't light the world on fire last year, but he had a pretty solid season. Like, all these guys came in and were pretty solid guys, and it's just like none of them are clicking right now. And, you know, last year they brought in Scherzer, like grizzled vet, and he pitched uh, fantastically. And this year did the same with Verlander and did not work. And Scherzer's broken too. Like, it's just... That that roll of the die is brutal. I mean, if 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 Verlander and Scherzer don't pitch well, like this team was never going to be successful. Yeah, like no. that's just the way that it is. S- the same way that last year, if Degrom and Scherzer didn't pitch well, the team was never going to be successful. Luckily, yes, both of them had injuries, but when they were healthy, they were successful. Um, so the team was successful and obviously the offense played a lot better. I know I know that the lack of power was a problem last year that persists into this year, basically outside of Pete Alonso. They don't have a serious power threat. Lindor is like somewhat of a power threat. Um, he has the second most home runs on the team, but it's a huge gap between Alonso and him and then a huge gap between Lindor and everybody else. And n- nobody else has more than like three home runs um, besides Lindor and Alonso. Um which is a problem that was last year that is persistent into this year and is even more glaring this year now that, you know, they're struggling in other areas, um, as particularly giving up home runs, as we've seen tonight and as we record this on Tuesday night and, you know, pretty much every day with the Mets pitching these days. Um, and, you know, they they by guys getting healthy, those marginal moves are happening like you don't have 
the only like depth starter you have in the rotation at this point, in theory, if Carrasco comes back this time through the rotation, which he should, is Tyler McGill, um, which is a similar situation to what they were in last year for most of it. And they survived that way. And that was fine. Um, but the those guys performed last year, at least were adequate. This year, they have not been adequate. David Peterson has taken a huge step back. He's been unrosterable. Um, Tyler McGill has been borderline unrosterable, has taken a step back, not quite as big, but like that is a huge problem. Like the Mets were needing those guys to be the same, kind of the same thing they were last year, and they are much worse now, um, along with pretty much everybody else that's been filling in too. Um, Lucas, he's been okay at times. He had the one really good start. Sorry, Linda. Um, but he's been mediocre for the other times. Um, you know, they needed those guys to step up and they haven't, um, has been the issue. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is just a really bad baseball team right now. Starling Marte and Mark Canna were both really good last year and huge cogs in their offense. And this year they look bad. Um, both of them looked like they were maybe starting to turn a corner. Um, obviously they've been shut down today by the Rays, but the Rays are very good. So I don't know. Like, I don't, it's hard. I always say in baseball, nothing's real until Memorial day. Um, and then, and luckily for the Mets, the national league is so atrocious that like the division is more, but or they're less part lost. of that. They're atrocious. <laughs> yes. They're well, atrocious. How do we know? So how is do everybody know? else. They're yeah. waiting the average. No, it's, it's they can end up kings of shit mountain at the end of this it's still possible <laughs> statistically i would say that it's the division is basically impossible unless something absolutely insane happens um but i like there's no point in watching the braves score right now on a day-to-day basis i would say yeah. uh don't mm-hmm. don't scoreboard watch the braves just don't do it because they're gone um that well, doesn't over. matter they're in last place they got a lot of people to jump Sure, but it's it's clustered. Like they're all like they're all terrible. All these teams are bad. Um, and you know the Mets could the Mets could win eighty nine games and sneak in and do what the Phillies did, but it's hard to envision it right now because of how they're playing. Um, they can't win a game. Yeah, they can't, they, they can't beat the Reds. They can't beat, beat the, the Nationals. Nationals. Beat the they Tigers. Can't beat the Tigers. Like. It's this. crazy. It is kind of crazy to think that this was the same team that had that solid West Coast road trip where they took two from the Dodgers and they did sweep the A's, right? Like they did. It's, it's, Everyone I mean, swept barely, the A's, but they did. You're not right, special. But it, <laughs> but it does. It does just feel like things fell apart rather abruptly after that. Yeah, because they yeah. split. They split that series with the Giants, and then after that. Yeah, Things when they just came got home, really bad. Yeah, yeah, they lost two or three to the Nationals when they came yes. home. Yes, um, yeah, it's it's really Allison's bad. Like I know of what you speak. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, such as it is, I can go through the injury updates that we have gotten. I mean, whatever. It's shuffling deck chairs on the <laughs> Titanic at this point, but there are there are <laughs> roster shufflings occurring um as i alluded to david peterson well, pitched- peterson got yeeted so that's peterson- already a blast <laughs> yeah that's an improvement peterson pitched poorly uh yesterday uh and immediately got optioned again um which is good hopefully that is the last we see of him for some time because i mean yeah like 
It's it's hard to pin like you can't pin everything on one guy. The Mets are playing terribly in every facet of the game right now. But someone did point out that the Mets are like, I think it's a 19 and 15 or 19 and 14 in games not started by David Peterson and one and seven in games started by David Peterson. So that is a pretty big swing. <laughs> um, it's so- not what you want. It's yeah, it's bad, but he has been optioned. So and like, hopefully he's not back for a while. He needs to figure his stuff out in AAA. Like, you know, maybe there's still hope for him yet, but he needs he needs some time, like some extended time down there. Um, And so Carlos Carrasco should be back. Like I said, Um, you know, Tomas Nito is currently on the IL with dry eye syndrome which is a weird one. Um, but I mean, it kind of makes sense that he suddenly looked like he wasn't a major league baseball player. I mean, if I it, like, seems like one the ability to see is probably necessary for playing <laughs> Just baseball. a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Which explains like, obviously he was, has never been a good hitter um, at the big league level. Um, and he's been like, not a, not a big league hitter at all this season. Um, so that was one thing, but like his defense tanked as well, which was the more surprising thing because he's always been a stellar defensive catcher, which was why he was around. Um, so to see that like suddenly deteriorate um, out of nowhere, not like a slow and steady decline, all of a sudden he was like, just not, very good anymore and it was like what's going on there i guess if he can't see he can't really catch or throw or do anything so So michael perez is up for the time being um he's the backup catcher right now he had a really good day uh in the only game he's caught so far uh in the resumption of the suspended game on saturday he was about the only one who was doing anything in that game uh hitting wise um the Mets signed, actually signed former Yankee Gary Sanchez to catch at AAA. Um, we may actually see Gary, San- Gary Sanchez at some point because he has an opt out in his contract. I forget exactly when it is, but it's sometime in May. So if he's not up before then, then he can opt out. Um, unclear if the Mets will roster him so that he doesn't opt out or if they will just let him opt out. Um, I like mean, they- why not just bring him up? Who cares at this point? I mean, honestly. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, I mean, if anything, like he could be a guy you could flip if you yeah. just like <laughs> got a random spate of like eleven home runs out of him in two months. You would get you could get some good, some like half decent prospect for that. Everyone probably get like the equivalent of a Drew Smith. Yeah, maybe when they um, got who Drew has Smith. been fine. Yeah, I mean. That would be optimistic. Gary Sanchez hasn't hit in the major in the majors for quite some time. That's true. Um, it has been a while. Uh, but, I still say a couple years ago. I mean, like ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> time goes by more quickly than you think. It's been a while since Gary Sanchez was like playable. Um, but he is hitting in AAA for the Mets right now. I think he's hitting pretty well um, in the early going. So we'll see if he ends up with the Mets. But I mean, they can do that. But like, it would be a really quick stint because. Um, we learned today, actually, um, like I said, we're recording this Tuesday night and we learned earlier this afternoon that Omar Narvaez will begin a rehab assignment late next week. So the Gary Sanchez point might be moot anyway, because Omar Narvaez is going to be back soon, in theory, um, though he'll need a more extended uh, rehab stint because he's been gone for a while. Um, and then the Mets are going to have a problem on their hands. I mean, I don't know like how long Tomas Nito is going to be on the IL for. It's not like an injury that has a timeline in the way that a lot of other things are. What do you do for it? 
besides eye drops. drops. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle had dry eye for years um, as a result of his like chemo treatments. Um, Because apparently one of the like side effects of chemo is that you get really bad dry eye. Um, And he just had eye drops for it that he was like constantly using. And I don't know like if if you like if you use them, if it's not like a chronic condition the way it was for my uncle, if you just like use them for a while, like it improves or if you just have to like use them always. I don't know. So I have it also um, and I will get like astigmatism if I don't take care of it. Um, which is the very and like the thing is you have to use eye drops like constantly yeah like I'm supposed to be using them every two hours I am not using them every two hours I use them like twice a day but um yeah it's it's wild yeah Tomas Nito suddenly have having like bad astigmatism makes a lot of sense like that explains why why are there two baseballs (laughs) (laughs) explains why he like literally couldn't see the ball or like do anything um so unclear like what if the eye drops help him like then maybe he just needs to like <laughs> in, in the dugout in the middle of the game just be like eye dropping but um if he comes back and Narvaez comes back like they have three catchers suddenly um so I don't know what they do there they could they have a couple of choices they could roster three catchers they would have to get rid of somebody else on the position player side to do so um you could dfa eduardo escobar like at this point they're barely playing him um they could send alvarez down which is i think what they're going to do which would be sad because he's playing pretty well um but i don't know what they're gonna do they could try to trade tomas nito uh we said that in the off season slash the beginning of the season like they could try to trade Tomas Nito because he's under this cheap extension that they have. But like now he has no trade value because he hasn't done anything this year. Um, well, I would Tommy Pham has got to be under consideration for a DFA too. Yeah, I suppose. But then they have no backup outfielders. They Like he basically has to be on the roster. <laughs> Where is Tim Will Castro at? <laughs> That's I mean, Honestly, excellent question because Tim Castro was had this like, you know, uh injury, had these back spasms, air quotes, and he's been on rehab assignment in AAA for weeks now. And so they're he just was in Canada's like YouTube video. Like, what are they doing? Like, where like you they have to make a decision with him at some point. They I mean, I I admire the uh the commitment to uh heavy roster manipulation that the Mets have this year, but at some point you're going to have to expose some of these guys to waivers, and I really don't think that other teams are valuing them as much as you do. <laughs> at you some know, point, yeah, I I'm not really worried about like Tim LoCastro getting picked up on waivers. <laughs> I am not worried about Tim LoCastro getting picked up on waivers. I am not worried about Tommy Hunter getting picked up on waivers. I am not worried about Jimmy Yacobonis getting picked up on waivers. Like these are the guys that they have seemingly phantom IL'd um, this season already. Jimmy Yacobonis is currently on the IL with a quad strain. Unclear if that is phantom or not. Um, if y'all they, want him back, you can that. get him also on waivers like four weeks from now. And so- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because they or find a dude just like him on waivers. Yeah. Um, so that's uh but uh other bullpen news. Uh Brooks Raley has returned from the injured list um and pitched in yesterday's game. Looked a little shaky. He walked three guys, but he didn't give up any runs. Um, so hopefully that was just him shaking the rust off. Um and he'll be better um in the future. Uh so he's back. Um 
But yeah, like I said, at some point, like, listen, he's been a mentor of the week. I love Tommy Hunter. I appreciate him and I respect him and his career, but he does. He has been bad um, and they need to churn him out at some point and they can't be afraid to expose him to waivers. He's 38 years old and has a seven ERA. I think I think they'll be fine. I think a bad back. Like, get I him back. Say it, but, like he has a bad back, too. Right. So it's not a major concern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this he... is what they mean by replacement level. Exactly. Um, the uh, I think what was uh, kind of aside from Narvaez, which was good, like suddenly like we hadn't heard anything about him and suddenly he was going on rehab assignment, which is great. Um, I think the other like most surprising news that we got today was that um, Jose Quintana has the CT scan on Friday. And if that goes well, he could be cleared to ramp up, um, which is really good news. I mean, I think that. They were still estimating the all-star break. I think if he's cleared to ramp up like this week, maybe that timeline is a little faster than they anticipated, but it's still going to take quite a while for him to ramp up because he basically like got, he got injured. Yeah. In spring training, he needs another whole spring trainings worth of reps. Um, So uh, maybe they'll have their complete rotation at some point, but (laughs) who's to say if it will be any good? (laughs) <laughs> there that is the question is it <laughs> like well, yeah because it's not like again it's not like guys like Verlander are coming back from being injured and giving you what you were hoping to get um and they're all you know Verlander's already 40 the Scherzer's gonna be 40 the others are over 30 you know so it might just be the natural the father time comes for us all. They built an old team, um, yeah. and it was a risk, and they are paying the price, um, deeply. The, and like, I mean, I think that everyone knew that this was a risk. I think that this is like the tenth, like I said, I think it was like the tenth or twentieth percentile outcome of like this in general. Like, everyone has gotten old at once. <laughs> um. Well, I know the argument, too, is, well, what were the Mets supposed to do? Like, everybody else didn't want to come. Like, Jake wanted out. So you had to replace him with the only other, like, top-tier um, free agent on the market. And but Jacob DeGrom's like, still on the injured and, list. Yeah, and Jake's yeah. been hurt. And Rodon has been hurt. And everyone's been, like, yeah, I feel like they're just cursed this year. Like, there was no getting around it. Or is it the pitch clock and forcing pitchers to pitch yes. that they're not used to? I mean, there was... in a way that could be disproportionate to older pitchers. Yeah, yes, that's what Scherzer seemed to be alluding to, too. And there was actually the first hint of empirical data of that this week, um, published in Baseball Prospectus, um, which we will link in the show notes, tweets, etc., um, but Daniel Epstein on Baseball Prospectus wrote about this this week about how arm injuries have increased and the pitching the pitch clock may be playing a role in this. Um, and he pointed to in the article, he points to the fact that the guys who were the slowest, like the slowest to the plate in last year um, are the ones getting hurt more. So the slowest workers are, are are being disproportionately impacted, which makes sense. These guys 
are not used to the clock. Um, they're used to operating more slowly. Um, their rhythm's probably thrown off. And so they're getting hurt. Um, and they tested it in a league where people are being heavily coached and doing things differently and learning skills as opposed to when you're here. It's not that you're not still working on stuff, but you know, you you're here because of the tools and the processes that got you here. And that's a very different situation if to change from as opposed to like being in the minors and working on your stuff. Like it's just a different mode. Yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> this is like so messy. Like just when they get their shit figured out, some like outside unforeseen thing comes and just blows it all to hell. Like, oh, it's like oh. how they rostered uh, DHs up until yes. there was yes. a DH. <laughs> and yeah. now they could not find a DH to save their lives. <laughs> or Literally. when they finally started. David Wright died for this. Yep. <laughs> Or when they started by fielding well, and then they get rid of the shift. Like, they were just using the shift to their advantage. Yeah, the Mets were just catching up when it comes to (laughs) positioning. (laughs) It's still working for Brandon Nimmo. (laughs) Yes. And they had really good hitters last year who um, were less, you know, vulnerable to the shift. So they were able to perform better. And now that's equalized somewhat because... Others aren't facing the same issues. But guys like Dan Vogelbach, by contrast, should be benefiting more than they are. Yeah. Um, There should be a lot of things going on with Vogelbach more than they are. Yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) In the baseball. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So like, yeah, this is, it, it's, it's not, I mean, obviously it's just like, you can't, it's impossible to just say the pitch clock is the only factor, right? Um, there's a lot else going on, but it's it's interesting that there's the kind of the first data that's emerging that points to it being a factor um, in the in the increased arm injuries this year. Um, what's interesting is that the effect um, was predominantly present in spring training, which makes a lot of sense because that's when guys are trying to adjust to the pitch clock the most. Um, you know, they're not used to it yet. They're trying to work on it and all of a sudden they're getting hurt. Um, I mean, I, it's impossible to say whether this is having an impact. I don't, I'm not sure if it's having an impact on the Mets, like injuries per se, obviously Jose Quintana's injury was a pretty freak medical thing. Um, and then you have Carlos Carrasco. We can't say that necessarily that the pitch clock made him grow a bone spur, (laughs) um, (laughs) but 
you know, the older pitchers are struggling with their stamina and the Mets are struggling to go deep into games as it is. And Kodai Senga is obviously getting used to the MLB workload on top of the pitch clock. Um, And I think that it is having a negative effect that way, even if it's not causing them to be injured necessarily. I think it is affecting their stamina um, and causing a problem. Uh, So, you know, not to say... My anti-pitch clock stance was correct all along, but, uh... (laughs) Well, Uh, I feel like they could have implemented it, like, maybe implemented it this year without a penalty, so that way people could get used to it instead of just saying, okay, here it is, now do it. And so it's also, it's so fast. Yes! If they just add five seconds on... There could have been... There has... There's some space in between what it is and nothing at all. And guys stepping in and out of the box 500 times. Like, yeah, there, there's, I feel like there's a more comfortable middle ground. Five seconds seems like it would actually be just about right. Cause I yes. feel like then it's still, it's still peppy. It's still snappy, but it's the, not this, like this, you know, rush of, of everybody like hustling to get back in. Like, no, 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 that is not, we don't need to hustle. We just need to move our butts along. Like, just keep it going. Like that's, yeah, it's a lot. Allison, I, how is it at the ballpark? Um, I thought I would. So I've only been to like a couple. I've only been to two games, and one of them was the uh, game yeah. that the, <laughs> the game that we shall not speak of. So like, it's I the game I, that I went to felt pretty normal. Yeah, I will say on at the home opener, I didn't really notice it, but also the home opener was a three-hour game, so it like was one of the weird games that was long um, this year. So the first game I went to was a long game anyway. And the second game I went to had a massive rain delay in it and like all sorts of stuff was weird. So like, yeah. I don't feel like I have a good handle on the in ballpark experience with it yet to say most people I think have not have said that they don't notice it. Um, like, like, does it like screw up getting your food or whatever? Yeah. Um, I only went once to get food during the game at the home opener. And I don't I don't remember noticing I, that I felt like more time had passed or like I had missed more action. I don't know. It felt pretty pretty normal to me. I don't okay. know. It was it was nice. So it was also uh, a good game, so yeah. I need a larger sample size. Um, but uh, on one hand I need a larger sample size. On the other hand, I don't want to go see the Mets right now. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I guess TBD on that. Um, I like, I think that just adding five seconds would really help a lot. Like I've accepted the fact that the pitch clock is probably here to stay, despite the fact that I don't like it. Um, it clearly has the intended effect that like people wanted of shortening the games and the fans, like the majority of fans seem to like it and the players seem to like it. So I've accepted that it's here to stay, but I just, I just wish they would add five seconds on. Um, I think that would be a lot better. Um, But since the Mets are a depressing topic to talk about right now um, for our baseball segment. Oh, wait, wait. Week- oh, it sounds like Pete. Just- oh, Pete hit a quite a big, big boy bomb bomb. Oh. Well, that's nice. At least we have one good thing. They're still losing by a lot, but which is that which is that Pete Alonso is now tied again for the league lead in homers. I think Max Muncy has the same number that Pete has with that one that Pete just hit. I think they both have fourteen now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So at least we have one parentheses. One nice thing. 
So yeah, cool. Poor polar bear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I figured that uh this week, since the Mets are like horrible to talk about and no fun at all, um, we should talk about a couple of other teams who are no fun at all, but having spicy drama. And I enjoy I greatly enjoy spicy drama when it's not my team. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I greatly enjoy just like it's sitting with my popcorn and absorbing other teams spicy drama. Um, so it's the- like, you know, that, you know, we're miserable. So maybe everybody could be miserable with <laughs> misery loves company. Does it not? Yeah. Um, yes. So the first bit of spicy drama is the only team with potentially the even worse vibes than the Mets this year. Although I think I would put the White Sox in that category also. And, yeah. the, A's, and the A's for obvious reasons um, is the Cardinals who have also really, really underperformed. Although no one Arenado has been activated. So who knows what will happen with the Cardinals now? Yeah. They always have that devil magic. I they do. They do. But the devil magic has been off this year because they've been really bad. And the Wilson Contreras debacle was who something else else um <laughs> they acquired this catcher and gave him a big from contract. their rival their main rival so they're very familiar with him yeah from their divisional rival and it's not like they didn't know what his game was um, Yeah, they were familiar with him uh gave him they this big contract times a year yes um and then decided he's not going to catch anymore he's only going to dh because of he's not executing our game plan, basically blaming Wilson Contreras for the fact that their pitching has been similar to the Mets pretty atrocious this year, which is just like kind of bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what? No. Um, and they then they their fall guy, basically. Yes, he was their fall guy. Um, and then they turned right around and they were like, just kidding. He just is getting a week, week off from catching and he's going to catch again on Monday. And it was like, oh, okay. They're like, psych. Psych. No. So that was... They like, got... The Cardinals... Don't get to get, call them a mess very often, but yeah. they're definitely a mess right now. They are a mess. And they get a rotten tomato for that. Uh, thumbs down to Although the Although we did have also spicy drama today, too, with Domingo Herman getting... Yeah, yeah that was sure a fun did. one. That was next that up was on my list. He should have been the first time... Soapy goodness. That was that was next up on my list of spicy drama because like that has escalated over the course of the past like 24 hours. Um, that whole the whole game all evening has been wild. Yes. Yeah. It was one of those like Stefan from SNL skit like this game has everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, so this uh, this is the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Um, this goes back to last night. Um, when uh, the Blue Jays took exception to um, Aaron Judge kind of like doing like a little glance over toward his dugout, like a side eye glance, like while he was hitting. And right after the Blue Jays announcers pointed out that he did that, he hit like a gargantuan bomb. Now, to be fair, he is a literally Aaron Judge and B, the pitch was right down the heart of the plate. It was like the hanging it was, it was like the slider. Six. It was like the sixth slider in a row or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the Blue Jays announcers, nonetheless, uh, they said like, we they did one of those, we don't want to throw around accusations, but. Um, we're throwing so, around accusations. But we're throwing around accusations. Um, and p- worth pointing out that in the pitch com era, there aren't really signs in- to steal anymore. 
And also worth pointing out that if um, that if the Blue Jays pitchers are tipping their pitches um, or what was the what was the language that Buster only used for uh. tipping pitches? It was very funny. Oh, God. Buster only used like some euphemism for tipping pitches, like forecasting the forthcoming pitch. It was like really funny. Hang on. I got to <laughs> find it. Um Oh, yeah. There is an assumption on the Jays side that their pitchers slash catcher were betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like he's very much in the dishy gossip mode as well. Exactly. Tell us more about the betrayal. Yes. (sighs) Betraying the identity of the forthcoming pitches. How dare she? That is so that's such a spicy way to say tipping pitches. How dare she? Um, so yeah, the uh, so if it worth noting that if they were tipping, um, and the Yankees dugout noticed this and found a way to signal sh- as much to Aaron Judge, that is not illegal. Um, the reason why the Astros sign stealing scandal was illegal was because they were using tech to do it, right? Uh, if the Yankees were not using tech, then it's fine. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, against the unwritten rules of baseball, so to speak, which we talked about. I'm just about imagining so them holding oh, a yes. big sign that says it's going to be a sli- hanging slider. <laughs> a hanging slider again. <laughs> Another slider. Um, so, yeah, that, that didn't make the Blue Jays very happy. And the and obviously Aaron Judge was not very, very happy about being accused of cheating or not not cheating, but doing nefarious things, I guess. Um, and so th- this caused some tension that carried over into today's game. Um, and first, I guess the Blue Jays, uh, manager was jeering at, um, the Yankees third base coach, uh, who we know well, <laughs> who, who we know very well and saying he was not in the box. And then like he called somebody on the Yankees, a fat boy. And it was just like really nasty um just like lots of jeering back and forth and stuff like that and then domingo domingo herman got thrown out of the game uh got ejected from the game for sticky stuff um and nothing it was really looked like a handful of elmers like geez uh, yeah dude. it was like, <laughs> and also how stupid do you have to be that you were already like on notice once. yeah and you made it more obvious yeah, like he he should have been like Linda said at the top of the segment, he should have been thrown out. But he should have been ejected the first time before before it happened to Scherzer and he wasn't. Um and so he's already like on on the, on their list um to be checked very very extensively and he's still doing it. And there there was video of like, you know, his hand and like his hand like like uh rubbing against his pants and then there's like very obvious residue there like with Scherzer at least like there was nothing that from the fan perspective that you could tell that you could see that was obvious it looks like that he dipped his hand like in a tub of molasses like disgusting like black pine tar stuff um and like it was right like on the side of his pillow, like, it was like near his belt, and it was right where he had his thumb. Like it was a perfect thumbprint. Yeah, he like yeah. put his hand on his hips. Yeah, um, again in a very good dishy gossip way. Thank you for being with the vibes. Um, <laughs> and he picks his hand up, and it's like it's like a child's Thanksgiving turkey handprint, <laughs> except it's spider attack. Yeah. And it was it, it was like a perfect like NCIS baseball like. 
I was like, look, uh, the evidence suggests. <laughs> like, look at this clue. CSI baseball. Dust that baby for fingerprints. Yeah, like that was. Well, I okay. hope they like, because they're supposed to confiscate everything to have it sent for testing. Did anybody do that? Make him take, <laughs> take off his, his pants. pants. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where's Gil Grissom when you need him? But yeah, so we need a chain of custody. Yeah, we need chain of custody. We need the CSI forensic team. I don't even care. Get Olivia Benson in there. I know that's not her her, her qualifications, but still, <laughs> Olivia Benson can do no wrong. All procedurals like, are the same thing. Yes, they are. It's true. Like, listen, do I think Aaron Judge was cheating? No, but. For the Yankees to spend 24 hours like being absolutely appalled of being accused of accused of cheating only to get caught cheating is like pretty chef's kiss to me personally. Yeah. It's beautiful, actually. It's it's, Again, it's like, art. <laughs> we need this. We're so miserable. We need this. Yeah, I and need to just they like, get the Yankees just make they it get better. us all the time. Yes. Like it's yeah, this is this is art to me. This is theater. Uh, <laughs> yes, I and the game is still going, right? Yeah, yep. it's still happening. I don't know what this clock can't take that away from us. Yeah, so true. So true. You can't take there's certain things you can't take away from baseball and the and the drama is one of them. Um, it's the so, wackiness, too. Yes, the wackiness. Um. So there are a couple of other things that we uh, I just wanted to shout out briefly this week. Um, as as you guys know, we talk a lot about like mental health in baseball on this podcast. Um, and we have talked about that topic a few times in the past um, few episodes. Um, and Britt Grioli um, uh, at The Athletic actually wrote um, a really timely article about this, um, about uh, mental health in baseball and like eliminating stigma around mental health and the recent um, phenomenon of guys going on the injured list with anxiety issues. She wrote about that for The Athletic, which feels like it's like, oh, she listened to our podcast and wrote an article about the very thing that we were talking about. So um shout out you should give that a read um we will link it in uh the show notes and the tweets um it's very it's a very good piece highly recommend um and another this is just like a factoid that <laughs> that is just like women in sports related um and thanks to andrew for bringing this to our attention in the discord um but oh, just a little fun fact um, an nba mascot makes three times as much as the highest paid wnba player Oh, oh. That my heart. So that's a little fun oh. fact. To, you know, oh. mull over for a while. The labor of mascots who probably have one of the worst jobs in sports. But yeah, my God. I'm not asking they... for mascots to be paid less. I am asking yeah, no, 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 for no, no, female no, 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 athletes no, to be definitely. paid more, to be clear. <laughs> Just like, man, wow. Yeah, that's 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 certainly something. Uh so that's just something choice. to point out. Um, that is yeah. a choice. But um, I don't want to end the show on a downer mm -hmm. by talking about that or about the Mets. Um, so we're going to end the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins. We just talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. This is a perfect segue into Linda's walk-off win. Yes. Um, so Yay. we're, we're going to do Linda's walk-off win first, and we all know what it is, and we're very excited about it. This is like a show-wide walk-off win, but it's mostly Linda's. So, <laughs> so tell, tell our listeners your walk-off win, Linda. Very excited about well, it. I 
I hope all our listeners listened to our mention of the week last week um, because they'll know that it was um, Athlete Logos and uh, his new shirt um, that celebrates um, women in baseball and Elizabeth Ben um, and all the money went to baseball for all. And, you know, it was really exciting that they had that one shirt um, celebrating Elizabeth Ben pitching. Um but then, so we all bought the shirts because we we're all very excited about it. And then, so of I course. posted a picture of myself in it and saying baseball is better with a ponytail. And he goes, Oh my God, that's a great slogan. And so he said, I'm going to create a shirt with that on it. And he did. And he sits for sale. And it's he's going to so send me good. one. It's <laughs> so good. And it comes in different colors. And I, so I debated about getting pink. Because I'm like, oh, that fits with like the whole girl theme, but um, but I ended up getting the navy because they have like a Mets blue, but I have so many shirts with Mets blue. Um, I didn't want any more Mets blue, so he's sending me the navy, and the logo is so good, especially with the because he said him he messaged me and said him and Elizabeth have been trying to come up with a slogan for it, and he said and yours was just perfect, and I was like, I like I just accidentally came up with the slogan because I tweeted out a picture of myself in the in the shirt. So and again, all the proceeds are going to baseball for all again. Um so it'll be the the sale of this shirt. Um again, we'll um the some of the proceeds are going to baseball for all. So you'll be supporting girls in baseball. And yes, baseball is better with a ponytail. And I stand by my statement and I'm so excited and I can't wait to get the shirt. <laughs> Look at you, Don Draper. I know like, moment of genius. Actually, in my at my old job at my old library. I was called the blurb queen because I always came up with the blurbs for all of our, all of our (laughs) programs. So, I mean, he didn't know he was dealing with the blurb queen. (laughs) 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 It's why you're new all along. Yes. (laughs) Just we didn't put that word to it. Yeah. And it's why you're so good with uh, at coming up with snappy headlines for Amazing Avenue too. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, so it's nice to know that like my skills translate like, you know, still the blur queen, still still wearing that crown. I'll I'll take that crown. <laughs> Linda's out here inspiring a movement. Um, yes. So we're very excited. Um, yeah, we will obviously link the shirt um, in the show notes and tweets um, and social media for this episode. So please, please, please buy the shirt. Um Proceeds go to baseball for all. It's a fantastic cause that's really close to the heart of this podcast. Um, and they, the athlete logos and Elizabeth Ben are teaming up to really launch like a whole collection in this area, yeah. uh, supporting uh, girls in baseball and women in baseball. So that's just like so awesome. Obviously, like that is that is some serious mensch of the week business right there. It's like synergy. It's such good synergy right there. Well, we have. I think we all know what we're wearing to dollars for dingers. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> I haven't like, worn mine yet because I'm saving it for little league practice on Sunday. So. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, if there is anything that is like, you know, the brand of this podcast, it is this it is this movement here. So that is just we're so excited about that. So thank you. Thank you to Athlete Logos, Dan and yes. Um, yes. Elizabeth Ben mm-hmm. for doing this. Uh, it makes our hearts sing. We're so happy. Mm-hmm. And congrats like, to Linda for like the Mets are sucking. And I was just like happy all night, like 
giddy, like <laughs> to the point of giddiness because he messaged me and said, oh, the shirt's out. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we need some happy right now, given everything that's going on with the Mets. At least there's this. <laughs> um, Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, so I have a uh, my annual dose of feel good, which is that this is um, our graduation day. I work at uh, Columbia University School of Public Health, and um, I've been there for 15 years and I love graduation. It is my favorite day of the year. Um, and this year we had our our first post COVID boom class. And so we graduated, we graduated almost a thousand people today. Wow. Wow. And it's just, it's always so nice to be around everyone. So excited and the families and just like, that's almost a thousand people who have done something awesome. And it is one big chunk of it, at least, um, if not all of it finished. And, um, and it's, you know, it's a great field that I feel really passionate about. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it's, it's a day when I can really feel very proud of, you know, what we do as a school and, um, of all the, the people around us. So yay. Congratulations to Columbia public health, 2023, all 970 of you are, uh, near and dear to my heart. Amazing. Please fill out your surveys. Please fill out your surveys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats to the graduate. I mean, congrats to the graduates. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amazing. And uh, if there's any any small silver linings to take away from the three years of bullshit that we all collectively went through as a society, it's that it is at least causing some people to be more interested in public health. <laughs> um, so that's good. Congratulations to the class of 2023. Um. So my walk-off winner this week um, is that um, despite every all everything that happened on Saturday uh, and almost none of it went well, um, I still had a really nice weekend with my parents. My parents came down um, for Mother's Day weekend and for the baseball game, um, and you know we were stuck in a rain delay for four hours, but we were with each other, so that was still nice. Um, and we had a really nice weekend overall, even though the baseball game didn't go as planned, but we still got to spend a lot of time together. We got to go to a nice brunch. Um, and so it was still happy. Um, and I can finally share this, uh, walk off win, which is like kind of part of the whole thing that I wanted to share a month ago, but I couldn't because my dad listens to this podcast and it would have ruined the surprise. Um, so about a month ago, um, my colleague um, sent me a message on Teams at work and said, hey, listen, I have a pair of Shea Stadium seats and they've just been Ooh. sitting on my deck. Do you want them? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I a thousand percent want them. Um, so we chatted for a bit and like negotiated a price uh, and then uh michael and i went uh one saturday in april about a month ago um to her her place in silver spring um picked up the seats we had a nice lunch together uh talked about the mets and she talked about like her family members that are mets fans and how she was just so excited to give the seats a home to someone who would really really like appreciate them 
Um, and I was just so hype about it. Um, so we got these Shea Stadium seats uh, and Michael and I have a pretty tiny apartment here in D.C. and we do not really have room for them. But I knew that my parents would be psyched as hell about them, especially my dad. And so um, I texted my mom in secret and was like, so I want to give these seats to dad. But like, where in the where in the house would you put them? And we were like, my mom was sending me pictures and like measurements and stuff like that, like on the uh, on the down low. And so finally, this past weekend, when they came and visited for Mother's Day, I was able to surprise my dad with the Shea Stadium seats, and he loves them. Um, and they are now. Now, were they field level? Little... Mezzanine, mezzanine, which he's oh, mezzanine. Okay. He was ex- the green ones, uh, which he was excited about because that's where he used to sit when he went to Shea. Um, yeah, so... that's usually where we sat too. The gold green seats the green seats. So, yeah. So, uh it was just really cool to be able to get a pair of those um Shea Stadium seats uh and give them to my dad and now they'll be appreciated by our family for many years to come. Uh so Allison's yeah. parents are some of the best people. If They're you adorable. have ever been to an Apato event, they are always there like just the kindest, most loving parents. <laughs> yes. um, and just also like fun <laughs> and pleasant people to be around, but like yes, A+ plus awesome. Good yeah. job. Love to hear them having good things their way. Yeah, my parents are great. Um, and so that's my walk-off win, is I got to spend a nice weekend with them, and I got to gift my dad those Shea Stadium seats. Um, so that does it for the show this week. You can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic podcasts. Obviously, there's a lot of like pain going on right now, but you can process it with us. We're all here with you. <laughs> Um, if you want to support the show, um, especially I feel like especially during dark times, uh, getting extra uh, misery loves company, as we've been saying this whole time. Um, if you want to have some extra company to like vent your frustrations about the Mets, you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash home run applesauce. Uh, and you'll be able to join our discord among other perks and get bonus podcasts. Um, and you can join our little community. We still talk about the Mets every night, even though they stink. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, just search Home Run Applesauce. You'll find us right there. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Surovich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it um, on your podcast app of choice. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in